Kaumatua Korotimi, or Koroti as he's known, has been working with a number of inmates at Parodi Prison, helping them reconnect with their ao Māori. Koroti is well loved by staff and inmates alike. The staff love him because he always takes time to talk to them, ask after their families, and always remembers their names and the names of all their children. The inmates love him, well, because he always takes the time to talk to them, ask after their families, and always remembers their names and the names of their children. Koroti is popular. Everyone on the outside always asks Koroti, what did the inmates do to end up on the inside? Everyone everywhere always asks the same question. Everyone that is, except the inmates. They don't ask. They always seem to already know. The good, the bad, the innocent. Inside, it's a mixed bag of lollies. There are the small timers, the sticky finger types. They're the typical stolen car, stolen packet of smokes, stolen girlfriends. There are the gangsters, the wannabe crime lords, the drug dealers. They're often from bad backgrounds and don't know any other way. Then there are the lifers, the big timers, the New Zealand Herald front pages. No prizes for guessing what these guys have done. They are the worst of the bunch. Then, then there's another group. Dark, twisted, skewed, undiagnosable. The ones followed by shadows, or worse. One of them has asked for a meeting with Koroti. His name is Takakino. His request is immediately denied. He has a closed file, the redacted kind. Many in the Department of Corrections believe the key should be thrown away with this one. But Koroti, he believes that everyone deserves a chance. Everyone deserves compassion. To complicate the matter, Takakino and Koroti grew up together. Koroti remembered him as a good cousin but they all lost contact when they left the bush to find fame and fortune. This is not the same cousin Koroti remembers, but he's determined to find out what happened. Koroti's beliefs compel him to give Takakino a hearing. Koroti's plea for a hui is turned down flat. Takakino is considered dangerous. There is talk from other inmates, whispers of darkness, Shadows and madness, adding to the mystique are the facts. Takakino's cell is isolated from the main population. Guards are paid time and a half to be in his block. There is even a creeping mold in Takakino's block which no amount of scrubbing can get rid of. Everyone appears afraid and too frightened to talk. This only makes Koroti more intrigued and more determined. After much negotiation and threats from both sides, a hui is arranged. 
but only under the strictest of conditions and with a written and signed proviso that the department will not be held accountable, i.e. if Koroti is harmed in any way, he can't sue. Koroti has been advised that the inmate will be chained, arms to the table, legs to the floor. Normally, guards would be present, but everyone has refused point-blank to be in the room during the hui. A camera, however, will be set up in the next room to watch over the proceedings. Guards will be issued with shotguns and will wait and watch. Koroti suggests that if the inmate is chained up like an animal, then he is less likely to be open and honest, a key factor in Koroti's process. Also, if it was just him in the room, he was willing to accept the consequences and insisted that Takakino be unchained as a sign of good faith on their part. Koroti gets his way. To a point. Takakino will have his hands and feet in cuffs. Just before the hui, at 10am, Koroti is handed a file by the head correction officer whose hands are shaking. For security reasons, we are on a strict time schedule. You have exactly 15 minutes. And whatever you do, please don't touch him. Koroti walks into the room where Takakino is sitting at a table, his head bowed. He's talking to himself. There is one huge lamp on the right side that casts long shadows across the table and onto the floor. There is a drinking fountain next to the door, and for a split second, Koroti is hit with an overwhelming urge to pass his hands through the water and throw it over himself. Not wishing to appear weak and superstitious, Koroti suppresses the instinct. He takes a seat directly opposite Takakino. Without lifting his gaze to meet Koroti's eyes, Takakino speaks. Still have that awkward walk, I see. <laughs> Aye, and you still sound like a woman. Takakino's head is still bowed. <laughs> Good to see you again, cousin. Oh, I wish it was under different circumstances. Takakino nods, acknowledging the truth. We got up to a lot of mischief, didn't we? Obviously, me more than you, as you can see. <laughs> Koroti smiles. Yeah. We were the first professional tutu. Toko hia o tamariki. Toko rimu? Toko hia Well, I did have to. Koro is flicking his eyes through the file as they are talking. He comes across a part that halts him in his tracks. The room stills. The shadows lengthen. The walls recede. <laughs> From the look on your face, you've come to the best part of my story. Takakino finally lifts his head. Out of the corner of Koro's eye, something in the still room shifts. Twisting, coiling, 
suddenly chilled. A cold bead of sweat runs down Koro's back. As I said, I had two girls. Shaking his head in denial, tears in his eyes, Koro looks up at his cousin. Why did you do it? Slowly, impossibly, Takakino twists his head to fully face the back of the room. His neck cracks and pops painfully. Koroti freezes in horror and winces at the sight and sound of such an abomination. He clenches his teeth and forces his rising panic to recede. Takakino is whispering. His whispering stops. He tilts his head and appears to be listening. Koro is frozen, his eyes frantically searching the room, seeking whatever, whoever it is that Takakino is whispering to. Takakino slowly twists back to the front. Do you believe, Timmy? What? The stories. What stories? Our stories. The stories from our Wananga. The stories of our history. Koroti stares at Takakino, uncomprehendingly not understanding what he's hearing. Koroti is shaking his head side to side. Our history. Koro whispers. Understanding dawns. Our History, our history, of course I believe. Oh, Nera. <laughs> and what version of the stories did you get? The nice home, food, a warm bed, eh, Timmy? A mother who loved you, a queer who loved you? Despite the cuffs around his ankles, Takakino is suddenly standing. Well, I didn't get that. Do you remember what I went home to? Do you remember my father? Do you remember? He, he was a filthy half-breed. Do you remember what he did to my mother? Burying her wasn't even the worst of it. If that was all that happened in a day, that would be a good day. At least death was an end. But sometimes he would... He, he, he would. Takakino raises his cuffs and smashes them against the table. The shadows shift. There is someone, something else in the room. Kicking his chair back suddenly, Koro stands and thunders. Gato! Out of the corner of Koro's eye, the shadows shift again. Something is hiding in the shadows. Clenching his teeth at Takakino, Koro hisses. Don't confuse our Wananga with what you have done. Oh, <laughs> I'm not confused. In fact, I can prove what I did was straight from our teachings in our Wananga. My daughters were mine to take as wives. My children Grandchildren were mine to do as was ordained by our ancestors. I released all of them from the burden of life. 
The shadows are no longer hiding. As Takakino speaks, the shadows have risen. They are impossible humanoid shapes, grotesque and misshapen. Ignoring the horrifying threat, Koroti stiffens his spine and stands his ground. You have forgotten the most important part. Hinetitama left this world ashamed. Ashamed of what her father had done. Your vision of old stories are twisted, wrong and evil. His voice rises steadily until at the end he is shouting. A look of pain and anguish flickers across Takakino's face. His face clears and for a moment, Koroti sees the boy he once knew. Titi, is that you? Forgetting himself, Koroti reaches out and grasps his cousin's hands. <gasps> Kakakino, it's me old friend. The shadows dance in swirling patterns across the room before retreating into the shadows cast by the two cousins. It's been too long, Titi. <laughs> oh, I have not been well. Wincing, he lowers himself slowly into his chair. It has been a while and, yes, you haven't been well. But, oh, you've made a start. I'll be back, Titi. Koro straightens his jacket, sets the chair upright, nods to Takakino and knocks on the door. Koro looks at the drinking fountain and suppresses the urge to throw the water over his head. He hears the locks click open on the door and pulls the handle. The door pops open and the guards with shotguns all tumble to the floor. They run into the room and tackle Takakino to the ground. Koroti watches in horror and consternation as they place a sack over Takakino's head and hogtie his legs and drag him out of the room by his legs. Koroti is fuming. What the hell is going on? Weren't you idiots watching? We got somewhere today. This, this is going to set him off. Koroti, we've been trying to break the door down for the last hour. Hour? Hey, what are you talking about? I was in there for, for 15 minutes max. No, you were in there for nearly an hour and a half. Look, if you guys can't tell the time. Koroti looks at his watch. What? What the hell? His watch says 11.33 a.m. I, I don't understand. He shakes his watch and holds it up to his ear to hear if it's still working. You better have a look at the video. Koro is scrolling through the video, confirming what has happened. Yep, yep, that's right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, when I... He gets to the part where he grasps Takakino's hand. The video turns to static for a moment. When the visuals return, Koroti sees something that he doesn't understand. Takakino is still looking down, but there is another figure in the room. 
a male, completely naked. The figure lifts Koro off the ground with one hand. Koro T is in a trance and seems unfazed by what is playing out. The other male opens his mouth like he's about to take a huge bite out of something. His mouth is huge, unnaturally so. He places his mouth over Koro's head, his jaw unhinges and he bites the top of Koro T's head. There's more static and images that flash in and out quickly. The next image is Koroti back to normal, like nothing happened. The other figure is no longer there. Takakino is talking and shaking his head, but there is another sound in the room, like a low hum. Do you see now why we were trying to break the door down and why the guards hogtied him? Koro nods his head, too stunned to say anything. Can, can I take the tape, please? I, I need to check something. I have a guy. I, I want him to take a closer look at the tape. I'll bring it straight back. While it's not normal procedure, given the circumstances, the head officer agrees. Koroti's friend is an audio engineer. He knows how to isolate sounds on videos, that sort of thing. Oh, Taiwo, let me play around. I'll uh, weave my magic. He nods, pushes some buttons, swears, and then... Okay, I think I've got it. It's weird, because I had to speed the sound up. Oh, and I've isolated out the other voice in the room. So, this is the hum in the room. Correct. So I've sped it up 10 times the normal speed. The engineer plays the audio. The hum is a voice. An old, crackled voice. Koroti freezes when he hears what the voice is saying. Koroti? Koroti, are you okay? The voice is only saying one word but it rocks Koroti to his core. It's the same word that is repeating over and over and over. Koroti, that word that's repeating, what is it? What does Naku mean? Koroti is fumbling with his phone. Kaura Koroti, kaura tekani. Ah, I need your help. I know. I've been expecting your call. To be continued. Pakikehua, he mea tuku, na te wānanga o Aotearoa. Ah, na te mangai paho itautoko. Pakikehua, brought to you by Te Wananga o Aotearoa with funding from Te Mangai Paho. <laughs>